CJSW 90.9 FM and CMRU Radio in Calgary. I am your host, Grace Heavy Runner, Buxikyanaki, Little Blood Woman, from indigenization across the nation. My name is Wyatt C. Lewis. I'm a folk, blues, and soul artist. Really excited to be in Calgary using my craft for positivity and sort of what I can do to um, intertwine my heritage, um, my indigenous Métis, um, into what I do now. Who's counting sheep over the sunset, blasting the night through without phone calls? Can't imagine I'd get one from you. I graduated from Red Deer College, but my experience here now has been really supportive and uh, I sort of, you know, how all musicians sort of um, make their way into the music communities is through open mics or um, or open jams and stuff. So my first uh, experience with that was at Koi or Cafe Koi previously. It's great to play there every time and um, meeting friends and different people and hearing how my name has been like kind of passed around a little bit and um, finally meeting those people like face to face and uh, no, they're really great friends. So the first piece is called Long Run. I re- released that not too long ago um, on Spotify. Uh, previously on Bandcamp around 2017 and had some really good feedback and sort of um, a song about home and feels a little nostalgic to me as well and it's always different every time I play it Um, so this is definitely a different experience so I kind of related to a lot of things in my life. Uh, Second piece was Dancing with Sue which is a little more uplifting and simple. I sort of painted this picture of of this uh, Sue, which is a, f- a figure, and definitely can relate that to other things as well. Um, summary uh, pictures. for people looking to start up and and do what you do? Mm. Definitely be open to all types of people and like just leave your whatever judgments you have of of any like community or uh, music genre in, in specific and continue to support other people and, and local and Koi is a great way to, to go there and, and support young musicians because you gotta keep it going for other people. I need you right now. Getting up for the moon. I, I love you right now.
Yo, as I'm looking out the window, I'm watching the snow fall. Then I feel a cold breeze. Wish that she was here with me. She's so my name is Bradley Spring Chief. Um, the reason why I say not by is because it's funny. Growing up, um, my grandfather can say bread, so not by in black for means bread, right? You know that so. Uh, my grandpa couldn't say bread, right? So he said, not by him. So growing up, it's funny since I was a kid, he's like, not by him. Not. So uncles caught on, cousins caught on. So hey, ever since I was young, it's been not by him. Tony Spring Chief, I'm from six generations, like our east of Calgary. Um, I rap, or I actually just recently started because of Brett. He, uh, he's the one who, he, uh, Inspire me, but he more so he pushed me to, to start rapping. Let me be the one to lift you up and make you smile. I wanna be the one that went to nights by your side. My taste in music was all metal before that. It's all I listened to like up until I was like, I still listen to it now, but not as much. But it was like it's funny because I couldn't stand rap before. I couldn't stand it, but Brett was listening all the time. Man, it was way back. I remember it was like I think I was five, six years old. The very first time I heard hip hop. I remember I was living in Calgary, Bridgeland. I remember I was sitting there I was like early morning I remember the night before My parents had a big old party I remember I was trying to be cool The night before I remember I was in my PJs I remember I was chilling there Trying to be all cool with my dad My dad chased me He said, get you around <laughs> I woke up early the next morning Like everybody's gone Yeah uh. She's so beautiful Not only physical She has this personality That's so contagious Independent on the grind I'm attracted to that mindset There's more than looks And people rather judge a cover But give me your book Cause I wanna learn about you I need to understand Why you feeling all this pain I can give you my time Yeah, we can sit and talk See, I know what it's like When you have nobody I remember I turned on TV And I heard It was N.W.A. Man, I just heard that beat too. Heard the beat, heard the lyrics. Ever since then, it caught my ear. I was like, something about this music, right? About six years old. Then, as the years went on, it just grew on me hip hop, right? The beat, the lyrics. I say about age 15, 14, 15 years old, I always started trying to rap. I started freestyling. And I remember I had a, I had a Blackberry one time, and I started recording my music on a Blackberry. That was like my first experience of like recording music, right? But, uh, but as the years went on, I never actually started like creating songs. I used to journal. Right? You know, dealing with anxiety and stuff. Like, I didn't know how to get it out, but I, I remember getting advice one time. I was like, try to journal. Right? If you ever feel on deep more journal, so that's what I did. But as years went on, 17, 18 years old, I, I was freestyle. I started getting better at freestyle. But I only freestyle around like my bros, nobody else, right? Nobody knew I rap. Age 19, 20 came, 21, 22, then that's when I started writing songs. Right? I started learning the linguistics of hip hop, right? How to count bars, how to write lyrics, metaphors, how to like, you know, use my my personal stories and my emotions to turn into a song. So I was like, I had a vision, I was like, man, I wanna rap, I wanna do, but one day. For work, actually, I just recently started this work. I was funny because before that, I was a dishwasher. <laughs> it wasn't until like well, a few months ago, um, I actually got on the uh, the team there and we've been doing youth work. We go out and we, well, for me and Brad, we've been, our portion is like the music part, right? We also do like the mental health as well. So we speak our own experiences. So I work for an organization called YSAC. And what we do is we travel nation to nation um, within Alberta and we go and we, we, we teach kids about, you know, different things like whether that be fitness, 
programming on maybe educating the youth on like drugs and alcohol, teaching them like, you know, healthy, healthy living, you know, things like this. We do activities with them, you know, um, confidence building activities. Right. Um, we do like this, a bunch of cool stuff like that art, right? We do music. I got a cold, got a cold, got a cold. It's time I hit the road. It's time I hit the road, baby. I thought I told you that I'm a rolling stone. I rolling stone, so you're told I ever known. Do you have any final words for anybody in your audience? Final words. Um, damn, I mean, just grind out. Just, you know, be the best person you can be. You know, life gets tough sometimes, but hey, like, Life gets tough, but you know what? It only makes you tougher. You know what I mean? So, like, word of advice would be like, just hang in there and be strong. You know what I mean? Like, you can get through anything. I appreciate everybody who has listened to my songs. Uh, I got more music coming out. Uh, yeah. So, Confucius once said, He who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. So, yeah, uh, I got a cold, got a cold, got a cold It's time I hit the road, it's time I hit the road, baby I thought I told you that I'm a rolling stone I rolling stone, see it's all I ever know uh, I got a cold, got a cold, got a cold It's time I hit the road, it's time I hit the road, baby I So my name is Willie Big Bull. My friends and family call me Will, or uh, my dad calls me Bubba. <laughs> I call my little boy Bubba too. I was born in Wenatchee, Washington, down in the Okanagan Valley. My dad's First Nations, he's from Bikani Nation, also known as Brockett, part of the Blackfoot Confederacy. And my mother is from, like I said, Wenatchee, Washington. She's non-native. I've got some brothers and sisters. I've got two older and two younger, so I grew up a middle child. My dues are due. got into the construction. I was kind of groomed for it by my old man since I was a kid. He taught me how to do hard work, use my shoulders. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I've always loved music though. So it was kind of always lingering around in the background. It was kind of one of those things that I don't think I've ever pursued it as a job. I don't really ever want it to be a job, even though uh, that is kind of the direction that I'm heading in right now. I'm planning to try and do it on my own terms and do it my own way. Where I moved to isn't exactly the music center of the world in Lethbridge, but it's kind of a nice little sweet spot in the southern Alberta range so I could play all the little folk clubs and the little bars and stuff like that. We call it a winter count in, in our in our tribe. 
winter count was pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Native people sitting out there counting winters. And then they would tell stories during the winter. And they would usually reflect just like you do at New Year's Eve. Now people go on Snapchat or Instagram and show their last year. Our people would do the same thing. And they would sit there and they would sit amongst their family and their tribe and their people. And they would reflect on all the things they did in the last year somewhere along the way. Somebody started trying to mark that kind of stuff down. You see it in places like writing on stone, but the majority of it was oral history. Every First Nations person, every person living has their own winter count. You've got your own story. The story of First Nations people is still unwritten. It hasn't been fulfilled. There's not an end or a beginning. The story of humanity, of our people, is still ongoing. We've got to figure out a way to coincide. It seems like somehow we're on different paths, though. When it comes to music, that's where I can vo not voice those frustrations. For me, honestly, music's where I could kind of come outside of that. Music's where I could tap into what's beautiful. I could tap into love or I could tap into anger if I want to. I don't have to let it consume me and make me feel like, you know, if I don't do something about what's frustrating me right now, it's never going to go away. It's one of those things. I'm the kind of person when I see a problem, I usually try to fix it right then and there. And I don't think that's a good habit to have. I don't think it's necessarily a good characteristics because I do get a little bit, you know, um, excited. Still smell that sweet grace in your head. I'm excited to have kids, my children, or First Nations people. They're going to carry on my family name. They're going to carry on. You know, our people's legacy, our story, like I said, isn't written. And uh, I hope that they are a part of the next chapter and that they can almost just reflect on everything on our past winter count. The next winter count, I think, uh, is going to be one that's going to make the difference. That's my belief. Kids have the answers. Children have the answers. And the mothers, we got to just give more power to them. The men need to get on board and understand that these women have the knowledge, they have the power, they have the compassion. Everything we get is from Mother Earth. Everything we get when we're babies is from our mothers. And you can see the effects of people who are deprived of that, you know? And so when, when our mothers are being taken away from us and our sisters and there's all these abandoned children, like the effect of that is obviously going to be negative unless somebody else steps in is what I'm saying. I, f I see more people stepping in and helping, picking up the wake, you know? Still smell that sweet grace Your head My influences and my beliefs do seep into my music. If I can reach people outside of that circle, they connect to it, and then that brings them in. Now that's bringing people in to ask me, you know, or to listen to what I have to say. And I think... The people that are going to be there are the people that are going to want to be there. I'm not imposing myself on anybody. Like, I would much rather people who just want to have an open conversation about things like we are do that. And I can do that with music, in my opinion. I can tell you exactly how I feel about things with music. I'm going to build me scared to hear. Pray I don't fall. I ain't got a whole lot of gear So used what I find
bass and uh, do vocals. Okay, my name's Mandy. Um, do vocals and guitar. Hi, my name is Amber Lee, and I play drums and vocals. We play in a band called Mombod, and we're all moms from Lethbridge, Alberta. loud music yeah <laughs> mom rock all my bands previously have been um with uh blood tribe members i've always tried to seek out my blackfoot culture and everything i'm also half navajo so i have family down in arizona but i wasn't exactly brought up in the culture in the last couple years though i've been searching a lot in my ways. I was reading Native Science um, and Leroy Little Bear has like a forward in the beginning. It made me think a lot and feel a lot about who I am and what I'm doing and what is it that I look towards. We look to the universe and we're all intertwined and connected and it's not just one way sort of thing. And to me, that's also my connection with them, right? Is that I feel from both of them, I'm really in, so that they really try hard to understand our culture and, and be there with it. Living in Treaty 7, I try to, to learn and understand a lot, so I try to be really open. So like when Mandy's talking about different things, um, maybe going and doing some more reading so that I can understand, and um, I think that helps with our music too, because again, it has that common thread that it's not one person is kind of leading the way and the other two are sort of lost, so we kind of build together that way. It's really organic how it happens. I mean, one of us will have an idea for a song and then something that's like really weighing heavy on us, something that we need to get out. I mean, I grew up in um, southern Alberta in a very religious area, and uh, I mean, Treaty 7, closest to the biggest reservation in all of Canada, and I didn't understand much growing up, um, but as someone that is surrounded by Blackfoot people and, you know, they're people who are in my family. I do my best to make sure that I am like honoring myself in the land that we're on every single time. In my own family life, like with my kids and stuff like that, and teaching them the respect and teaching them that this land is not ours, but we share this land is really important to me. Um, and like, <clears throat> they've been around for ceremony, um, you know, we have a lot of conversations about it, and they're 12, 10, and 8. So those are sometimes hard conversations to have, um, but we have them nonetheless, and making sure that we do the emotional work um, so that others don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. And then that's what I mean, like how they're, uh, they're respectful to me and my culture because they're, they're not like, oh, what do you guys do this? Do you guys do this? You know, Sundance or something. They go out and learn on their own. You know, they're not... I'm, I'm not their go-to Blackfoot person or something, you know, <laughs> like some people do. <laughs> um, but no, they're really 
then that's how they're respectful in, in that sort of way. And other people feel that too when they're around. Yeah, they're very well known. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unaware if there's any all-female bands before us in Lethbridge, which I don't think there has been. We're definitely the first all-mom band that I know of. But, you know, modeling and paving the way for other, like, queer, indigenous Mm -hmm. girls and women to come in and be a part of the scene without those jerk-offs being awful, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's just really, I don't know, I I take that really close to heart to, like, try and pave the way Mm -hmm. so that if my daughters decide to, or even my son decide to be a part of the music scene, that we're leaving it off a better place and a safer place for them. Yeah, safer, I play rhythm guitar. I'm at McGuire. I do vocals and sing in the band. Gordon Bear Chief, I play lead guitar. Uh, yeah, sing. We didn't think we were going to really get deep into it. We just really wanted to play live shows. Like, we just really wanted to be in a band. quality of music we didn't care you know that we didn't have bassist we didn't care you know about anything we just really wanted to get on stage when people started seeing us actually going to play shows off of Sixaga and we were getting these invites i think that's when people started taking us more seriously and like hey you know they're actually doing something you know because not a lot of bands from the res do well there's a lot now that are doing now yeah stuff that's pretty cool we there see were, a lot more projects coming out of Sixaga now like my dad, when he was doing metal back in like what two thousand six five, about there, yeah. When uh, when he was doing metal back then, there was like only like two other bands, hey, three, yeah. two other bands, who really did it, and we knew it was possible. And as soon as we started getting more shows, people started taking us more seriously, and that's when people started coming to us and being like, "Can we try out for your band?" <laughs> had some people come in we had some people leave it was uh unfortunate that cash had passed away back in 2015 cash was uh really special to us you know because he he was there from the beginning and like <laughs> quite he was just the amazing character because we were like a family you know we were like 
really like brothers. We did everything together. Our whole lives revolved around each other because of this band. And so when we lost him, it was a huge hit for us. And I guess, you know, there's just fell into a little depression there. And it was like, we don't want to do this anymore. You know, we're never going to find someone as good as Cash. We're never going to, you know, capture that feeling again. Before Cash passed away, our new material was really like, we were really proud of it. But then after he was gone, we were just kind of just like, what do we do now? So we took a break there for the longest time. I started writing more. Um, my dad's always telling me to, you know, just transfer everything into music. And he's always just telling me to write and push myself and everything. He's like, I got all of this stuff right here that you could use, you know, and keep going because you're, you're talented. So that made me, that gave, that gave me a spark. And I was like, you know what? I, I really do miss playing the kind of music we play, being comfortable with the music I played. So I started writing and I wrote the EP that we have out now, Values. I wrote all the instruments for that and I got it together and I was really proud of it. I was really happy the way it came out and I was like, you know what? We can definitely do something with this. At first I was thinking about going under a new band name, but then I was like, you know what? I should just bring After the Prophet back, you know? Because one of the things, and this always hits home, one of the things that Cash said you know when me all of us were jamming it was funny because we just finished writing like this amazing song and we were like all so happy and we we're like stoked we we're like holy crap this is next level stuff so we were all happy and then cash just said no one ever leave this band you know don't ever i don't want you guys to ever leave this band you know because he really believed that we we were going to go somewhere so that that was always in the back of my head so i was like you know what with these songs you know i really want to push after the prophet because that was my family you know that was where i found home so i was like i want to give these songs to after the prophet and i want to do something with this band in memory of our bro that's how it came out the lyrics we i just let all the emotions out of it and so it was pretty it, it was pretty uh it was a hard time but at the beginning it was uh it was therapeutic in a way too being able to transition all of that emotion into what we have now. something beautiful to help take someone else's pain away it's weird how that works and it's a really beautiful thing being in this band it feels like we're actually doing something good not only for ourselves but our you know our people too you know as natives as indigenous a lot of our songs are revolved around that too it's so unique what we go through you know we're starting to heal and 
you know, we've always been artistic people as indigenous people, you know, whether that be through dancing, you know, through powwow music, through uh, paintings and all these kind of stuff, you know, so ceremonies. Yeah, ceremonies. And it's it's no surprise that as native people using music to spread a message, it's really kind of uh, building a bridge in a sense where people are actually starting to some people care. I see that uh, a lot, especially at the Moments Fest, because you see a lot of uh, Caucasian people there. And I think that's really awesome. It makes a big statement that healing's starting to happen, but it's kind of strange because it's happening through music. Indigenization Across the Nation is produced by Grace Heavyrunner, Hannah Manyguns, and Spencer Burgess. This episode featured audio from the Treaty 7 Sessions, a five-part weekly documentary and live performance video series airing on CJSW.com. Find the Treaty 7 Sessions there or on CJSW's YouTube channel.